You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. Episode number 487. Here's the thing. When you are getting addresses and you're skip tracing them, typically a 10% contact ratio is normal. That's good. That means 90% of the numbers that you call, they don't answer. They're not going to answer for an unknown number. So when the door closes, you got to go in through the window and that's through text messaging. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome, everybody, to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, America's number one podcast for new real estate investors, where we know that finding discounted properties is the most proven path to financial freedom. And I am telling you guys, if I can do this, so can you. I am so excited. I have got an interview here with an incredible real estate investor out of Colorado Springs. I'd love to introduce John Greer to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. Say hello, John. What's going on, Brent? Wholesaling family, how you doing? Well, I'm excited to have you on here. You are actually on site of a construction project that you've got going on right now. You're building a deck. Literally. Got tools, got a double-layered deck, got the tools out and everything. That's my mini-me behind me. So, yeah. That's incredible. So if you were just listening to this podcast, make sure you definitely check this video out. It's at Brent Daniels YouTube channel. Check that out. But John, talk to me. You've been a contractor for a while. You've gotten to wholesaling. You've done some amazing deals. Like, Talk to me about how you found wholesaling and what you've been doing and, and why are you a real estate investor? Well, just kind of background on me, you know, I'm, I'm a remodeling contractor. We do everything from kitchens, baths, basements, and decks. And uh, started as a handyman service 20 years ago, 18 years ago. Started growing the business. It was good. You know, it allowed me to have freedoms being self-employed. So I always have been an entrepreneur. You know, back in the day, I was into some some other things in a lifestyle when I was, you know, into street pharmaceuticals and stuff like that, doing a little crazy lifestyle stuff. Had that entrepreneurial spirit and, you know, been doing this. But when I got married, say, 17 years ago, me and my wife took real estate courses. We wanted to be agents. So we always had real estate in the back of the mind, but as the remodeling grew, it just kind of went on the back burner and, you know, just kind of went back there. And then as time goes on, I'm getting older. You know, I'm not the kind of guy to just send a job out and go pay somebody to do it. I'm hands-on. I, you know, I got a team. I've had teams and this, that, and the other. But it's just like, you know what? Being self-employed is like, where's the end game? You know, where, where's retirement at? This, that, and the other. And so it just kind of came back to real estate and I started chiming in and listening to Bigger Pockets, listening to podcasts on them. Then I found Wholesaling Inc. because I kept hearing Wholesaling, Wholesaling. And then so I found Wholesaling Inc. Started just listening to the uh, Spotify podcast. And so uh, from there, you know, I just went into YouTube University like everybody else. You know, I read the read the book, you know, the main book everybody done read, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and say, man, something's got to change. From there, I did my thing. You know, I just kind of studied. But the thing is, I got stuck into paralysis analysis. Yeah. I got stuck in it for a year. Yeah. Like literally a year. All I did was kept listening to videos. And what was crazy, because I had a young guy that was working for me, and I turned him on the wholesaler. And uh, he got into it and started it. But then he started doing it and started doing contracts. And he's like, dude, when you going to do it? I was like, you done did a contract already? And I'm sitting there thinking like, <laughs> oh, shoot, you know. And honestly, I was kind of stuck on the paralysis thing. 
And then uh, I called in, you know, to get a talk with TTP. I knew I didn't want to do the sending postcards out. I, I knew that was not something I wanted to do. And so when I heard you, I was like, yo, be proactive, yo, get out there and go get it. Well, I've been doing that for 18 years, you know, calling people about jobs. So I don't, I talk to people all, that's what I do. And so uh, I was like, you know what, let me look at that. I called in, had the first call and I didn't lock in at first. I was like, oh shoot, that's a piece of change there. I don't know if I'm ready to do that. After that, man, I said, you know, I just kind of waited. And then my, I had my partner, you know, the buddy of mine, the young dude I was mentoring in business. And he's starting to try to do wholesale. He's getting contracts. He's like, man, what you waiting on? I was like, man, I don't know. And then my wife, we were both on board. But what did it? And she was like, well, babe, we need some structure. You know what I'm saying? Because being self-employed has been good. But, you know, the structure part of my business ain't always been the best. And she said, well, baby, I, I want to get in it. But if I'm going to be in it with you, I need, we need some structure. Yep. So that kind of made me like, well, babe, we got everything we need on YouTube. She said, no, babe, I need some structure. I said, well, look, get another call in. That's when we called me and her both. You know what I'm saying? We got a chance to talk to you. You know, we was like, look, that's what we're going to do. And so we was able to put everything we knew we had, I've been learning and putting it all in one place where I can just go. All the files are on my computer. I can go through the videos. That's what did it. It put it yep. all in one place. And so, bam. Went from there and, and kept going, man. Just like that. And it's really interesting. You know, Tom Kroll has a saying that people either turn you up or they turn you off. And it's like when people hear me talking about being proactive, it either hits them as like, oh, yeah, that's my guy. Or they're like, oh, no, I don't want to ever do that. I'm so scared. You know, so it really attracts really proactive people, a lot of business people, a lot of people that have been in real estate on some levels. It's really it is. It's it's about the structure. It's about the system, the path that's already laid yes. out for you so you don't have to reinvent it so that you can focus on having those quality conversations with distressed property owners. And that allows you to get really big deals. So, so how do you balance the two? How do you balance your current business and your wholesaling business? Well, that's been part of the, the issue is because, I mean, as a contract in Colorado Springs, it was a lot of, during the time I was doing analysis paralysis, we were rolling. I mean, I was doing three and four jobs at a time. So it was no big deal to, you know, I, I didn't have to press in. I mean, our average bathroom is 15. The average kitchen is 25, 30. Our basement is 35, 40,000. So it was like, you know, I was like, I'm good. And then it was like, okay, but I knew I had to at some point make a cut. Like, okay, when are we going to pull the trigger? So when I bought the course, I went ahead and started going through it. And then I started getting into it. And I started off calling. And since I already had money a little bit, I had a little change. I called a little bit. Then I hired a VA. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, shoot, I'm just going to hire a VA. And even the young guy that I was talking about, I even brought him in and we were going to partner up. You know, it was like, okay, you're going to do this. I'm going to do this. Your wife's going to do this. My wife's going to do this. That was the plan. Didn't quite work out. You know, we, we wasn't necessarily, for lack of a better word, I'm, I'm a believer. You know, I'm a pastor, so I, I believe in being equally yoked. And so we wasn't quite on that same page. So it's no big deal. But for me, I just had to say, you know what, you go ahead and do you. I'm going to do me, but we're going to keep each other accountable. We're just going to yeah. keep interlocked with each other. And he still does work for me occasionally when he can, even though he's pulling away from it too. And so that's kind of what did it. And so from there, you know, I just started doing my calls. I did the VA thing, did that for about a month. That didn't quite work out for me because, I don't know, it, it, it probably was user error, some of the mojo stuff. And, you know, then I wasn't following through with uh, making sure she was doing stuff. And then when I finally did start listening to calls, I'm hearing all these things going on. I'm like, okay, you're not doing this. You're not doing that. And so as I started looking more into what it takes to have a VA, you know, it's like, well, you got to be willing to commit and train them and this, that, and none. I was like, you know what? I ain't, I ain't, I ain't up for all that. So I called your man, um, dude was Zen call. I called him. So that was my goal is to get on him, which I still am going to get on with him with call tools and stuff. So we still going to get that worked out. Yeah. So I ended up start texting. 
I ended yep. up just getting on text plur, man. I got on launch control. Was gonna try to do Sherpa, but it wasn't available there for my market. And so I got on launch control. And everybody, the list that I called on, I go to texting and they answer me. Mm-hmm. And of course, we still get them on the phone. And that's what happened. Now we we ended up getting our first contacts, first couple of deals we locked up. It was through text. And so unfortunately, they fell through. Didn't do my numbers right. You know, had my numbers wrong. You know, had a couple of people here. Shout out to Brent Powers. You know, he said, hey, you need to check your numbers. And I was like, okay, so my numbers wasn't right. So I lost out on those two deals. And uh, finally came across a landlord that didn't, uh, you know, tired of being a landlord. They were ex-military. They had moved on the East Coast. Wasn't coming back to Colorado. That was it, man. That's the one that, that really did it. And so- uh, Well, before we break that down, I think it's important, you know, here's the thing. When you are getting addresses and you're skip tracing them, typically a 10% contact ratio is normal. That's good. That means 90% of the numbers that you call, they don't answer. They're not going to answer for an unknown number. So when the door closes, you got to go in through the window and that's through text messaging. And it's really yep. important. We use batchleads.io just because it's a really simple system to, to stack ours, you use launch control. It doesn't, listen, find something that feels good to you, but just make sure that if you're going to be making calls, you're also texting as well. Make sure that it's TCPA compliant and make sure yes. that you are focused. Here's the problem that I see a lot of times, John, is people send out so many texts and they get overwhelmed that the quality of their responses back is really low. How do you keep the quality of your responses high when you are texting? So I would only do so many. I would do like 50, 100. The most I would do was 200. And I very seldom did. It was usually 150, 100, or 50. And I would do it enough to where I could stay there, get some responses. One thing with them being their TCPA compliant, and so I wasn't putting out a whole lot of them. And so I just did it part-time up to about 12, 1 o'clock. Every now and again, I might stay in there to about 6 or 7 o'clock. 7 about the latest I would text. Because then if somebody gave me a response, it's not too late. But then the good thing is you could keep up with all those records of stuff, what's going on. So that's the biggest thing, being able to see what my response rate is, what my delivery rate is, knowing those things are on point. And two, making sure you're formatting. You know, I don't hear that talked about a lot, but just knowing your formatting is right so you don't have no issues with stuff being downloaded. I did have, I did mess up a couple of times on some stuff like that, but got that straight. That was able to keep my keep my numbers pretty good. That's great. And and was there specific lists that you found were better than others that you liked that you were getting more responses from or more positive responses from? Well, it was the out-of-state owners. Yeah, I tried the hot equity list. That didn't work for me. Not here, it didn't. Not for me. Because we could go from Pueblo up to Denver. We covered this whole front range area. So about 100-something miles up and down I-25. And so I tried hot equity. That didn't really work. I tried hot equity out-of-state. Didn't really work. So I just went with, you know, out-of-state owners. And that's really what did it. You know, people who had properties, they really wasn't hot equity, but... They had decent enough equity, and that's that's where I found the deals. A couple of vacants. Vacants work, too. That would be my say. I would say the absentee owner and the vacants is what has been my good list. I love it. Out-of-state owners and the vacant. Where do you pull those lists from? What resource do you use? I use PropStream and ListSource. So I kind of try both of them, but yep. uh, for the most part, I use PropStream. PropStream yep. works out pretty well for me because you can... You know, I can get plenty of them. So, but I do use the list source too, just because I want to make sure I'm familiar with it. So when I know I got people that I'm like, when I was teaching the young guy to do it, you know, I was able to show him how it works and stuff. And so, um, so I, I kind of use them both. But here lately, it's been mostly prop string. I call uh, text blasting the day trading of real estate because you're just it on is. your computer. It is. I mean, 
you're right there. You can do it from your couch. You can do it from your kitchen. You can do it from wherever. You can slide in an hour, get out, as long as you're not yep. sending out too many that are getting responsive. But what I will tell you is a couple of tips from my team is timing is really important. When people are responding to you, it's important that you respond back to them in a reasonable time. Usually, yeah. you know, three minutes is kind of like the max because they assume that you're texting them from your phone. Yeah. You know what I mean? So timing is really important. And the most important thing is get them on the phone. People will mess with you. I can't tell you how many times early on in our process, yeah. we showed up at properties and people, it was the wrong person we were texting or it was the right person, but they were just messing with us. They just want to see if we would come over just to waste our time. Uh, they would text us numbers and addresses to like the police department or the FBI here in Phoenix. It was wild, right? So make sure that you catch them on the phone. Uh, I mean, get them on the phone and have that conversation. Make sure that you're pre-qualifying them. And what I would say is if you can just get one of the four pillars of pre-qualifying, every distressed seller, you need to find out the condition of the property, their timeline to sell, their motivation, and their price. All the conversations come back to those four pillars. If you work on that, you're going to have people that are going to do business with you. But when you're texting, if you just get one of those, get them on the phone, get them on the phone right now and see if they truly have a problem that you can solve because these are really low hanging fruit. They really are. If somebody's going to respond to text and really, you know, invite you over or send you there at the, the price that they want, you know that this is going to be a really good deal. So let's break down this deal because you did a massive deal, which in the TTP family, we talk about about the 50K club. We talk about getting massive deals at least every 90 days doing a deal where you net at least $50,000. So let's break down a deal. Uh, let's start with uh, the whole thing. Give me the four pillars and give me how you, you text blast them, right? So you got them on okay. text. Yep. yep. So I, I text out to him and uh, originally the husband reached back to me. He said, yeah, we're, you know, we are interested in uh, selling, you know, um, I say, well, yeah. And I kind of asked, you know, what, you know, what makes you really want to sell? It seems like you got a nice property. You know, it's been rented. He said it had been rented for eight years. They were in the military for eight years here. They had it for eight years. They've been there now. They've rented for eight years. So I said, well, why would you want to sell it? He said, well, you know, it was sentimental value at first. But then it's like, you know, my firstborn was there, born there. But now we realize we're not coming back to Colorado Springs. It's just been, you know, okay. But we're not coming back, so we don't want it. So that was my motivation that they've never coming back. They was kind of tired of just dealing with the rental. Even though the rental property was doing good for them. But I found out later that the roof had had an issue and was supposed to replace. They didn't replace it and kept the insurance money. And it was an unfinished basement. It was a two-bedroom, two-bath. It had 900 square feet of unfinished basement space. So they didn't have the money to get it up to par to do anything with it. It would have just had to keep going as is. And so uh, so after that, the first couple of times, I spoke with him on the texting. Then after that, his wife stepped in. And literally, it was now it was a lot of texting between going back and forth with them Man, I would say it was probably about a good couple weeks before I talked to her. But she had already said that they were ready to sell. I threw out a number. Of course, I did what you said, anchor them low. So I anchored low, you know, and I had to go the route that, well, I say as a contract, I'm thinking, okay, unfinished basement. I know the potential. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to ARV it at what it would be if you finished the basement. So it was at 315,000 ARV. It was about 173 if I ARV'd it at two bedrooms, two bath. No, 223, 243, yes. If I ARV'd it, it was 270, man, I'm tripping. 270 with the two bedroom, two bath, 315 with the finished basement. So it goes from a 22 to a 43. Mm -hmm. So that's what I that's what I went with when I hit my buyers up. We locked it in. I knew that if I could get it 190, I was good. 
Mm-hmm. And so I said, uh, well, look, I need, you know, I'm going to need to be about 155. <laughs> she was like, well, I can't really do that. She said, well, what about 195? And I was already jumping through my skin when she said that because I knew like, oh, yeah, she about to come down. And I said, well, that, you know, doing the talk, that that's that quite, I don't think we could do with that. She said, well, let me think about it. And a little on the phone, she was like, well, no, she said, call me back. No, she said, I'll call you right back. So I guess she talked to her husband, whatever. Called me back literally in a couple of minutes. She said, well, we're at 195, you're at 155. Can we meet in the middle at 175? I said, well... In my heart, I was jumping out my skin. I said, I can do that. You know, you know, she said, okay, good. And from that, we had the price locked in at 175. So yeah. I knew I'm good. I was like, if I did 190, I could pull 20 to 30 out of it. At 175, I was like, I'm about to be in the club. Uh-huh. I'm about to be in the 50K club. Yeah. And so from there, it took, and that was in March. We didn't lock the contract until literally three weeks ago. We was kept texting, going back and forth about different stuff. She had a property manager dealing with it, so I had to deal with them, uh-huh. go visit with them, go meet them out there, this, that, and the other. Then she ghosted me. I didn't hear from her for like two weeks, and uh, I hit her with a negative, you know, so, oh, so I, I guess you changed your mind on it. She instantly hit me back. No, 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 we're still good. Kept conversating a little bit, calling, talking about what's going on with your kids. This is COVID time. Hey, everything okay? You good? Yeah, we can't find no toilet paper. Look, we can ship you some toilet paper. You know, we got plenty out here. I'm like, yo, whatever you need. You know, I'm just coming at a real, I'm going through a, a adoption for a newborn. So we're talking about that. We're talking about kids. She come back from New Orleans telling about her parents. We talking about parents. Like a lot of the time we was having conversation, really, we were talking about personal stuff. Yep. Just, I mean, we went so far past the house. The house was, the only time we would talk about the house is when she ghosted me. And I said, hey, you forgot. You changed your mind. No, 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 I'm good. Then was back to personal stuff. She ended up, it took another three, three, four weeks. She ghosted me again for about a week. I hit her again. Well, seems like you must have had a change of heart. No, 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 no. <laughs> so I knew I had her. It was just a matter of the working it out. So then I finally sent a contract. I sent the little one page and I double spaced it out and made it look like three pages. Yep. Sent that to her. She had an issue with the contract. Well, I didn't quite understand this. Didn't quite understand that. And honestly, I hadn't had to explain a contract before, you know, with the other deals. So I just... I was kind of stuck on a couple of questions. She said, well, I'm, I'm going to get a contract. So she went online, found a nine-page Colorado real estate. I'm like, okay. I, I said, well, I can't really do that. I said, she said, well, just look over to see what we can take out, this, that, and the other. So I found another contract that was on the TTP program yep. that I was able to use that somebody else, I guess, had put in there that you let them put it in there. I tweaked it a little bit, and I turned that into like a little five pages, you know what I'm saying? Just spaced it out again. We called, we questioned, went through everything, walked through it. Once she felt good that I'd explained everything and she felt comfortable, she was good. Then, of course, it took her about another two weeks to actually sign it. She was good with it, but it took her another two weeks to finally sign it. And once she signed it, sent it out, that was a wrap. You know, we had a couple of people that was like, and then we had the whole thing when somebody come at you soon as, hey, we want it right now. I can give it to you right now. But they were 10000 lower than what I asked for. Yep. And I said, yeah. Because the first guy hit me up, he said, well, I, I think I can do the full price, but he didn't hit me back right away. So another guy came, it was a big conglomerate. They can buy a lot of properties. And they was like, we can close tomorrow. And I was, I'm, I'm itching now, like, oh, shoot, that's that's 34000 I can get that right now. And honestly, I mean, I ain't bragging or nothing, but like I said, because I do the work I do, I'm used to big checks. So that didn't excite me. The 50K yep. club excited me. Mm-hmm. And so uh, from there... I said, look, the guy said, look, I can't close as quick as they can, but if you can give me an extra week to get my numbers to get get all my pull my lines of credit, he said, I'll do your full price. 
I said, I'll wait on you. I, you have my word. And I waited on him. He brought it through. He said, I got everything straight. We went through. Now, what was crazy, the closing, uh, the title company that we used, the title agent wasn't that good. She literally kept us in the dark literally until I got a check. So that was not good. That was the bad part about it. Because both of them asked me, like, hey, what's going on? This, that, and the other. But I just assured them everything's going to work out. I knew that they closed good, but that particular agent didn't communicate well. And then what, what was good about it, the guy was like, well, look, it's a basement renovation. I've done flips but I've never did a basement renovation. Would you do the renovation for me? If I, if I, if we did the deal, would you do the renovation? I said, man, and then he wanted to do it for about, it was going to be about 10 grand less than what I normally would do it for to make a good profit. So I literally did the job for him at cost. I think I'm barely making like a thousand dollars over what it would be at cost just to be of service and say, you know what? You never did a basement before. I'll take care of that. I'll manage all the stuff for you. I'll get my crews in there. We'll get it done. And it was about building the relationship with the buyer now. You yeah. know? So, so it just worked out. So we're in the middle of that project. We're in the middle of this deck project. And these are going to be our last projects of improvement pros, home improvement. So we're done with that. And our pros properties is going full ahead, baby. So you're going full into wholesaling. I'm going all in. I'm going all in. I'm downsizing my, I got like a 13, 1500 uh, square foot shop. We're emptying it out. I'm giving away my tools, except for my good to walk tools, keeping my good tools, but I'm giving away all my extra stuff. I'm giving it away, emptying out all supplies, find me a smaller office and we're all in. We're all so, in. So on that deal, and I want to break it down in a second, but what did you net? I netted 50K. Exactly. Woo! I got the 7,500 down payment. Give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> been waiting on that bill. Like everybody else, been waiting on that bill. That's incredible. So, yeah, we did a 7,500 earnest money deposit. And that was the thing. I was going to do a 5K earnest deposit. And he said, Well, can you wait another week? I said, I'll wait another week, but it's going to cost you 2,500 extra on the earnest money deposit. He said, No problem. He wrote me the check. I mean, he literally wrote that check to me, well, to our company. And I said, well, look, I'm not going to cash it. I said, if something comes up, I'm not going to cash it. It'll just, I'll be holding on to it. And I did. I held on to it until, you know, he said, yeah, we're good. And I went ahead and deposited it. And so uh, then it closed and got the balance. And so total 50K. Incredible. So a couple of things I want to point out there that is really important. One, John was getting ghosted by this seller. The crazy things that go through our head when we know we have this big, massive deal and all we need to do is just get them on the phone. Just communicate yeah. with us, please, please, please. Just stay in the pocket. Stay confident. What John did there is he pulled away a little bit. I guess you guys aren't selling. I guess it's not the right time. I guess we're not doing this. We're not buying this house, whatever it is. Um, you can pull away a little bit so that they're chasing you. The other thing is this took months and months and months. They're dragging their feet. And listen, this happens. These are people, typically it's people that just kind of aren't great at making quick decisions. They drag right, their feet. Right. They have a lot of different like dramas in their life that pop up. They become priority in their mind, you know, whether it be something small or something big, whatever it is, but just stay in there, stay in front of them until they tell you to go away and never talk to them again. Stay there, yep. stay positive, stay optimistic, and you will get those deals done. The other part is, he stuck to his guns when it came to selling the property. Just relax, take a deep breath. If somebody's pressuring you, pressuring you, pressuring you to take their deal, it's probably because there's more meat on that deal. I got that from you because I knew that. I was like, he rushing like that. Like, yeah, he's, yep. you know. And I lost out on my first two deals because of that. My numbers wasn't right and I didn't have, but so when I knew my numbers, like, 
I knew my numbers was good on this. There was no doubt in my mind. After losing two deals, I had a fourplex and another single family, and I lost out on them. And uh, because I had some, you know, like I said, some other you know, wholesalers here, like, you know, hit me up, say, hey, your numbers are way off. You know, and when that didn't work out, I was, and I didn't say this, after I lost out on the, the fourplex deal that I thought was a deal and then the single plex, I was a little down, man. Sure. I was, I was like, dang, like, is this really going to work? Like, it, it kind of hit me in the foot for a minute, like, okay. But when I once I knew my numbers was good, and like I said, if it's a deal, it's a real deal, is after that I knew and then when he heard and tried to rush me, he confirmed that there's meat on this bone. Yep. Yep. And you got past the three D's. We talk about it a ton. It's doubt, right? Doubting, does this work? Doubting, uh, am I going to actually find the right deals? Doubting, are the cash buyers going to be paying, you know, what I think that they should be? The disappointment and the distraction. I mean, you've got all those things in the mix there. Yeah. You pushed past all three of those D's and you were able to get this thing done. Now you're setting yourself up to go full time in this business and really take your business to the next level. So John, speak to somebody that has never done a deal before, that is just starting out, that's hearing your story, give them some advice on what they should do to, to get their first deal. Well, I think the first thing is just mindset. You got to get your mind right. You really got to get your mental in a place that says, this is something I really want to do and whatever the steps needed to do it, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. That's really what it boils like. I got that year of analysis paralysis because I was still dipping and dabbing. Like, do I really want to? Yeah, I know I want to, but I'm got but but. And then just make up your mind. Once you make up your mind, I mean, really, you could go and learn all this stuff on YouTube. But if you can afford to get some, and this thing because I've already been in business and I mentor other people in this type in the remodeling business, I mentor people. I knew that when I came into this, it was already in the forefront of my mind. Well, I don't want it to take 10, 15 years to get to the will of our man in this business. Like, you yep. know, yep. You know, we do fairly well in this business. I, said, I ain't trying to wait that same amount of time to do well in wholesaling. So I'm going to jump ahead of the game and go ahead and invest in it. And that's where TTP came. So I encourage you, if you can afford it, man, get on TTP. And and it's, and don't get me wrong, I'm biased to TTP, of course, right. you know, because that's, that's my man's in them. But yeah. if vet them out, vet out. If you're going to get a... Get a coaching, get some kind of mentoring, but vet them out. Make sure they good. Make sure they, they just ain't somebody throwing out a bunch of courses, but ain't really doing it. We know yeah. Brett get down. Brett get yeah. down. The wholesaling team, wholesaling Inc., the Rhino Tribe, we know they get down. That was the biggest thing. I listened to enough podcast to know these jokers is for real. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I say do that. And the other thing is get some people around you to encourage. Even though the young dude that I we run together now and we back and forth, we eating all of each other and we, you know, he was a business mentor for me in remodeling. And then when I turned him on the wholesaling, that dude was on fire. He's still on fire. He done got two deals too. And so now we keep each other lit. Like, yo, come on, dude. What, you got your list ready? What you waiting on? What you waiting on? Let's do this, man. So have some accountability mm-hmm. to make sure that somebody can put that fire to your tail and keep this thing hot, baby. You feel me? Yep. Yep. I love it. John, how do people reach out to you if they want to just say congratulations or they're maybe they're in Colorado Springs, they want to buy some deals or they just want to connect with you? What's the best way to connect? Yeah, they can hit me up on my email. It's IProsPG, stands for IPros Properties, Properties, IPros Properties Group. So it's I-P-R-O-G-S. PG at Gmail, IProsPG at Gmail. They can hit me up there. And uh, and I don't even mind if somebody called me. You know, I've had actually people, a couple people reach out to me because they've seen it and they had some questions. So you can hit me up on my phone, 336-988-9654. So, um, so yeah, I don't mind. Hit me up. Get ready, get ready John. <laughs> 
Oh, your phone's about to go bananas. That's crazy. Well, well you know, so it's, much. About, it's all about family, man. And it's yeah. all about giving back. And, you know, it's a team sport. This is a community. This business is community. I yep. mean, it ain't about individualism. It's about community. Shoot, if I can help you get a deal, so be it. You know, if you can yep. help me get a deal, let's do it. I love it. I love it. Guys, absolutely incredible. John, thank you so much for sharing your story and breaking down that deal. I mean, there's so much in there. A couple of resources, PropStream through ttpdata.com. ttpdata.com. You can pull all the lists. It's a really, really incredible resource. And if yep. you want to join the most proactive group in real estate investing, it is the TTP family. Uh, go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. That's wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. Check it out. If it feels good in your gut, sign up for a call. It'll either be with me or my right-hand guy. We look forward to speaking with you. But John, thank you so much for spending some time here being on the podcast. A true inspiration. 50K Club going full-time. 50K, in this baby. Business. <laughs> thank so, you for everything you're doing, man. Keep going. Thank, thank you, John. And uh, everybody out there, I encourage you, as always, to talk to people. See you. Love you. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at WholesalingInc.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.